0: Welcome to Engaging Culture, a podcast presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. I'm Brian Kiley. Today I am joined by my co-host, Pastor Lance Hahn, and we are into a new year. And this year at Bridgeway, we are focusing on the concept of wisdom. On today's episode, we're gonna talk about the power of wisdom. What is it? Where do we find it? What makes it difficult to act and live wisely? How can we be people who honor God by living wise and courageous lives? These questions and more on this episode of Engaging Culture. Well, hello, welcome to season one, episode 17 of Engaging Culture. Like I said, my name is Brian Kiley, joined by my co-host, Pastor Lance Hahn. Hey, Lance. good morning, Pastor Brian. How are you? I am doing great. How are you? I'm excellent. Good, good. We missed you on the last episode, but uh, Asha and Heather did a great job while you were lounging in Hawaii. I love that. And yeah. you know what?
1: Uh, actually, I was lounging in Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii was awesome.
0: Um, and you know what? Uh,
1: there, was, there was turbulence because we were coming from a place that was warm into a place that was very cold coming back, you know right. what I mean, because yes. it's winter here and it was very cold and the two fronts were hitting each other. I
0: heard you had an interesting experience on And your so flight. I prayed, <laughs> I prayed greatly
1: <laughs> because <laughs> I don't like turbulence. Nothing
0: like a little turbulence to inspire. I was on an airplane yesterday and it got a little turbulent and I thought of you. I thought, oh, this is, this is, this <laughs> is part of Lance's flight where he was freaking out. Yes. Yeah, so you're like, hey, I got terrified <laughs> yeah. and I thought of Lance. <laughs> hey, all right. fantastic. Well, uh, we are, as I said in the intro, we're, we're talking about wisdom and And for those of our listeners who maybe might not be a part of the Bridgeway community, each year at Bridgeway, we have an annual theme. So just going back a few years, 2016 was the year of identity, 2017 was the year of purpose. And then Lance, you just shared with our congregation this last weekend that 2018 is going to be the year of wisdom. Now, when when you and me and then uh, Pastor Parnell, when we all when we went away to kind of plan this next year, it took us a while to land on the word wisdom as like the, as the theme but kind of the idea of of wisdom and discernment and really being able to think through what's going on in the culture. It really we you remember being in that room we all just sort of felt God was impressing that upon us that this needs to be something we focus on in the new year. So, my question for you as we start is why wisdom and why now? Why is this something important for our church? To tackle,
1: yeah. I um the first thing I want to highlight that you just said a moment ago is we really felt led. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times when you're you're trying to dis- discern things and sorting out things, and you kind of go, ah, "I got three or four options." I really felt we were all driven in one direction. Yeah. So it, I think that if we're gonna say why do we pick this theme, ultimately I feel like that was spirit led, mm-hmm. and 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 it was really God's idea. I think we're gonna walk in with some understanding. And and what I'm going to display today and what we're going to be talking about is going to make it sound like we were all brilliant <laughs> in our organization. Here's what I believe will likely happen. And that is we have no idea the stuff that God has prepared for this year yeah. when it comes to wisdom. I think that we are going to come in and we're going to design things and we're going to teach things, but God's going to come in with that X factor mm-hmm. and we're all going to go, wow, I didn't even realize that was a part of the wisdom. So, Uh, But for this purpose, since God did not give us that yet, um, (laughs) I want to talk a little bit about why it made sense to us, what it meant to us, and kind of... um, just tie in the listener into saying, why does it matter? Yeah, Cause I mean, that's, that's the big question, right? I mean, anytime we think about wisdom, I, I for some of us, we immediately go to Gandalf, right? <laughs> some super long flowy beard, boring guy, right? right? Uh, which wisdom is either the guru on the mountain that you only visit every once in a while. Um, but to me, I believe that wisdom is incredibly practical and it's, necessary every day I think that what triggered it for me is I feel like so much that is going on in popular culture today is not driven by wisdom hmm. it's driven by information so we have done all kinds of different podcasts and talks and teachings on um, you know things like fake news well that all that is a part of it right it's people not thinking through decisions um, the one thing that was culturally the most powerful in my mind, was that we are an information-overloaded society. But information in and of itself is not wisdom. Wisdom is not only how to connect the dots of the information. It is actually the ability to think holistically, think through it, and make the right choice off the information. Mm -hmm. And And I just feel like everything being purported out there, we have a lot of reactionary things. Reactionary is rarely ever... Wisdom based, because wisdom takes moments to consider all sides. Wisdom take it just goes deeper into things. Yeah, and so I think that wisdom today is lacking in our society. It's highlighted more than ever because of the amount of information we get. Hmm. I think that we've always been just as foolish. I think <laughs> throughout all of history. But we've never had access to so much information before. I think before we could claim ignorance, Mm -hmm. now we can know anything, but we don't know how to live right. Right. So what we were really trying to do, and you can add into this because you were part of that whole brainstorming session and the development of this, but what we were really tossing through in our heads is we're saying, can we please get to the heart of the real issues? Can Mm -hmm. we dig through this stuff? Can we blow stuff up? There is stuff that everybody is operating off of and believing that is simply not true. Mm -hmm. And Jesus had this whole upside down economy, you know, this idea of the world tells you to lord it over other people. I tell you, be a servant of all. People say that you got to be the biggest, baddest, brightest in order to get to heaven. I tell you, unless you become like a little child, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone has said that I'm supposed to be a conquering hero. I'm coming in and I'm conquering hearts. I mean, it was like everything he did was upside down and not. How people thought it was right and so we wanted to take a year of blowing up the status quo blowing up assumptions digging into what is real dispelling lies Mm -hmm. so for me that's why i find wisdom so captivating i find it so interesting and aggressive and exciting and adventurous it's not dull and boring I i wish our leaders operated more in wisdom
0: right yeah, that's great. I I uh, I'm with you. I think it's interesting to hear you talk about how we're not driven by wisdom; we're driven by by information. And uh, certainly, on one level, uh, that is that is absolutely true. We have more access to information than uh, than perhaps ever. Well, not even perhaps. We have more access to information ever. And there's lots. Period. Of, yeah, there's lots of benefit to that. I enjoy yes, having more information. Good. I don't think we're we're here saying that's a bad thing, but. Uh, I think to your point, the idea that more information does not necessarily mean more wisdom <laughs> is a real is a real problem. And then more than that, uh, information. Oftentimes what it does is it actually, I mean, you, you can read different articles like why are people's minds not changed by facts? Yep. And because, and, and and this has been studied a lot by a number of different people that ultimately facts and information don't change our minds for, for a variety of reasons. And I think even spiritually kind of language we could put around that is even just even the language of idolatry, that we have things that we think and it's what we think and we're only going to pay attention to that which affirms what we already what we already Absolutely. believe. Absolutely. And there's there's certainly a massive amount of research that shows we're, we're inclined to do that. But as as we get into this this new year, I, I think what's important is is I always find This is a little bit reductionistic to say it this way, but obviously we live in a culture that's very polarized. We live in a culture that's very extreme. We live in a culture that wants to put you into one category or the other. And that's not just political parties, but it's, I just feel like in so many different ways, religious systems, everything. Are you for or against? Are you this or that? And, and I think the ability to think through issues in a nuanced manner and to be guided by, uh, values to be guided by what's good for people. And yes. to not be guided by, I need to affirm whatever my side says. I need to affirm whatever uh, the per- this person says or doesn't say. I need to either 100% agree with everything someone says, or I need to disregard them altogether. The ability, especially for Christ followers, to think through it- issues in a more nuanced and thoughtful manner is very important. You can still have intense convictions. I mean, I consider myself to be a person of intense conviction, but also someone who's who's willing to peel back the onion a little bit and to uh you know, to be driven by values as opposed to the need to affirm a side or anything like that. And I think that that's important and sadly, I think in a lot of corners of the Christian world we've really failed to do that. Uh and and that's created it's challenges. well
1: and that and the the part that's so brutal about that is we should be the source of it. Yeah, we have the source of it in our hearts, in our lives. I believe that that all true wisdom comes from God. Mm-hmm. That that he's the starting point, right? Mm-hmm. And so I believe that the Holy Spirit is the primary member of the Godhead that conveys wisdom. Well, we have him, the world doesn't. Mm-hmm. So shouldn't we be the purveyors of wisdom? Yeah. Shouldn't the church be the corner market? On What wisdom is the world can take care of different knowledges and analysis pieces and they're going to always study data and they're going to keep pumping out stuff you can always Google stuff with the world mm-hmm. but how do you make the right choice the right choice d- automatically puts in a moral component to it mm-hmm. and it starts talking about core values it starts talking about things that matter people it starts talking about intense stuff the church should be the hallmark of Of wisdom. Right. Uh, The world should look and say, listen, I've learned from the best and the brightest. I want to know what's right. Mm -hmm. And they should show up to church and find out. But the church is operating, I feel like, in less and less wisdom. And part of it, I believe, is because of the information overload. Hmm. That what information does, when you start getting a ton of information... It starts making wisdom discernment more difficult because right. it starts putting more what you think of as wisdom. Is you go, I want to take the pieces and put them together. What if you get a million pieces? Hmm. It takes too long to put all the pieces together, right. right? And so I think it's actually making it a little bit more difficult. Right. Um, but but let me. I'm going to ask you a, a quick question on this, kind of get your opinion because you know you were um, as I was teaching the message this weekend, um, you were looking at wisdom in the prior series mm-hmm. one way. And I came in, and I gave two new categories. I said that that the Bible teaches wisdom of two different types, mm. and we get them mixed up a little bit. So the first one that I said was wisdom of righteousness versus wickedness, hmm. right? So that's the moral component. Right. That is um, how things ought to work, right. right? We were talking about God's will and things like that in sure. your series. Yep, You were talking about the th- way that things ought to be.
0: Things ought to be, yeah.
1: Right? So... I would put it there, and I said that the only way to pursue righteousness versus wickedness is obedience because we don't really know the truth. Only God knows the truth. We get that confused with a second level of wisdom, which is wisdom of smart living versus foolishness, and that's the book of Proverbs, right? Right. So it's how to live a successful long life. Mm -hmm. It's the idea of going, listen, if you got an enemy, you need to go talk to him first and see if you can talk him down and you don't have to go to war. That's practical living. That's like, do you want to live longer today? You might want to use diplomacy, Find a way to
0: get along with the neighborhood next door.
1: (laughs) Now, that was not a moral component. Mm -hmm. That was a, you need to be able to think smartly on how to go through life. And that is Mm insight-based. Meaning, some people are paying attention to how stuff works, and they're putting the little clues together. And they're like, hey, if you want to be successful, Uh you should go this way, do this, handle it this way. Proverbs is largely that life stuff, uh-huh. that life wisdom. Right. We wanted to touch on that, but this year we wanted to go into righteousness versus wickedness, mm-hmm. meaning not just what is a successful life, but what is a godly life. Yeah. That's what So in your opinion, kind of move through that with me. What do you, what do you think about those two
0: types and before I answer, I'm going to write down a question I have for you based on oh. that, because I think it's going to be a, <laughs> yeah, no that's, a good one. That's uh, fantastic. But, no, I, I think that, that those two categories are, are certainly important. I think that um, on the one hand, I think there's a lot of overlap, and that's what I want to ask you about. I want to get your take on that here in a second. I think that uh, certainly in the Christian community, we have struggled with obedience righteousness yes. because we have, for example, uh, in many, in many regards valued, say, uh, power over faithfulness, Yes, or we have valued even within the church, we value gifting over character, thing, yes. things like that. And, and that has created, uh, created all sorts of, all sorts of different, different challenges. Um, so the need to recover, the kind of the primacy of obedience and the importance of of obedience and righteousness, not in a self-righteous kind of way and not in a religious obligation kind of way, but to really just see the beauty of of right living, of being truth-tellers, of being honest, of being people of integrity. That's really, really important. And frankly, not getting sucked into sort of culture's values, which too often are gonna lead us to be people who are dishonest, who, who are uh, applying our values in a very selective way. Um, and then ignoring them in other in other circumstances when it's when it's expedient. Now, my question for you is then how do you see the overlap between wisdom as righteousness and then wisdom as successful living? Cuz they're not identical, but I feel like they're not entirely separate either. And ultimately, to live the lives that God wants for us, I think we need both. So so what would you say? Well,
1: for sure we do. So I would almost see it like a continuum, right? So on one side, you have wisdom of smart living, and the other side, you have wisdom of righteousness. Mm -hmm. It gradually becomes the other, right? So there's this long continuum, and then the majority is overlap Mm -hmm. in the middle there. But... There is some life smarts, like, for example, the analogy I just used. If you read in Proverbs, he goes, you need to give gifts to your enemies to make them like you. Mm -hmm. Okay, that is not righteousness-based. That is actually smart living-based. That is, if you want things to go well for you— Well, sometimes things shouldn't go well for you if we're really going to talk about how God's forming us. So uh, a a life smarts thing would be um, if Proverbs was to be written today, it would say things like um, uh, buy when it's low and sell when it's high. Why? That's a life thing of life smarts. You realize, what do I do in investments? Mm -hmm. I buy when the market is low and it's cheap. And I sell when it's high. That is not righteousness based. Mm -hmm. That is only about benefiting you and saying what is the shortest way from here to there. Okay. So in other words, it's how to be more efficient. Yeah. That is where it's distinctly just life smarts. Okay. Um, things like uh, rotate your tires. (laughs) Right. That is not righteousness-based. That is just life smarts. And so you would say, well, you can have that information to rotate your tires, but then there's a certain way that when you connect all the dots of the information, you make a right decision, not just a good decision. So as it moves through, we start getting into righteousness on the other side of the continuum that says, um, die for the sins of the world. Okay. When Jesus had that call in his life, that is not life smarts. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like that was, not, um, that was not going to work out well for him. It right. did not give him success in, uh, in what we think. Did not give him long life. As a matter of fact, it was the complete opposite. Right. But it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now, those two things sometimes are polar opposite. I believe that the world operates far more in one. Wherever the world can operate without the power of the Holy Spirit in proverbial wisdom, I think we now, we are outside the righteousness category. Hmm. When we start moving over and only a spirit-filled believer can do it, we're into the righteousness. So Jesus operated a life that was very countercultural, mm-hmm. and it was not what people would have deemed as smart. Hmm. Yeah, It was deeper than that. So I guess right. that's how I separate the two. I don't know if I'm making any right. sense. On that.
0: Well, and I guess that does that does make sense in the sense of say uh, if if y- you could go to Proverbs for maybe some some life smarts type wisdom, or we would you know to use an example you gave the sort of buy low, sell high. Like that's that's smart. That's life wisdom. Right. But then if your bottom line goal is making lots of money, that obviously would apply. But Absolutely. Sort of the the righteousness Christian principle of generosity. Uh, the righteousness Christian principle of balance of uh, family of of all sorts of priorities of worship of priorities that would maybe lead us away from making money all the time. That's where you get into the righteousness category that is it's it's leading you to I think a different kind of success. it is but it's not it's not just the pure like grab all you can because you just live once kind of mentality so that's and, and I different. think that
1: I, I think that the essence of it is the different core values mm-hmm. Okay, so what's important to you? Right. To the world, one thing is important, so it makes most sense. hmm To the Christian, God's will is important, so another thing makes sense. Right. So that's why I'm going to divide those things out, is it all depends on core values. hmm Warren Buffett, in this world, has been the best investor, and it's and been the most successful. hmm so if your core values are how do you get the most for what you have, mm-hmm. that is it. That's the wisdom. Follow yeah. the wisdom of Warren Buffett. Yeah. If God's view and your core values are I live here and exist for a very different reason, mm-hmm. that's not the wisest living. Right. Warren Buffett is not the incarnate of Jesus. There's going to be some tension. There. There's going to be some yeah. tension. So um, that's kind of how... I don't know. I, I differ, those two things. So in the core value, why are we here? I believe that we are here for the purpose of the glory of God, and we're here for relationship with our Creator. That's actually uh-huh. why I think we're here. That is a big assumption. So you have to understand, that's Huge. why I separate yeah. from the, the world. The world does not believe that that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. So what I value and I call successful is following those core values. Mm-hmm. My core values are to glorify God, regardless of personal interest. My job is to have relationship with my creator, despite the cost. Yeah. That is not what the world says. So I can only get to that by righteousness. Righteousness means right living. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean uh, being holier than thou. Righteousness simply means doing it God's way. Right. So whatever that may be, righteousness may well be dropping religion you understand what i'm mm, saying yeah. so that's the part that kind of bends our minds yeah um so let, let me just turn turn the page real quick here Anya. i think of one of the big premises for is it premises or premises
0: Pre-pre- i don't know i have no idea it doesn't matter if we don't know and we're both <laughs> english majors
1: there's a problem with us um I, I think of it in terms, one of the best ways to think of wisdom is holistic and seeing the world as an ecosystem, mm-hmm. that wisdom takes into account that a change here will alter this over here. And right. I was arguing in my message that we must be systematic and holistic thinkers. Mm-hmm. You cannot believe two opposite truths at the same time. Yeah. And I said, for example, you cannot believe that God is good at church, but not on your deathbed. You understand what yeah. I'm saying no, is either he is or he isn't. Right. And we tend to compartmentalize. And so sliding back over to you, as you personally yeah. create your worldview, how do you be careful to think in terms of ramification, consequence, right? I mean, because this is all part of wisdom. Yeah. How do you get that? Because what if someone doesn't? uh, That's a part of development. Human development is the idea that there's something outside of ourselves. Um, As a baby, a baby only thinks about their own needs, not because it's selfish. Mm -hmm. It's because that's as far as the development has gone. Right. As we get older, one of the signs of becoming an adult is being aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Okay. How do we take that continued, not evolution in a creepy sense? I don't want anyone writing me an email. How do we continue that formation? Yeah, to what I've observed in your life, which is you do look at things holistically. You do try to think through ramifications and consequence. Where did mm-hmm. you get that, and how do you develop that?
0: Yeah, well, I think that um, one thing I've had to learn about myself is is my My natural tendency is going to be to live in the moment and to make short-term decisions, which is typically not good. Not really. Not right. Like I will think my natural proclivity is just going to be what do I want right now in this moment, and then make decisions based on that. And and what I've learned to do is is a couple of things. Is number one, and I've talked about this in a bunch of different environments because I think it's so crucial, is think about what is the life that I want to create, and then. What do I want to create long term, and then what do I need to do in the short term to create that life? Uh, So, so based on well, and it's like based on the values of okay, I want to glorify God, I want to I want to love people, I want you know I want to accomplish all these different things, and I have to be able to think about that in the long, like, what am I looking for in the long term? Okay. I mean, a simple example of, you know, I got home, uh, last night after not seeing my family all weekend and I was kind of worn out and just sort of wanted to chill out. I'm not really feeling great, blah, 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 blah. But what do I want? I want great relationships with my kids. Yes. You know? So not only did I break away many times throughout the weekend to FaceTime with them and everything else, but you know, last night we got out the Lincoln logs and we're playing with them last night. We're reading stories we're doing. And it's like, okay, in this moment, I don't really feel like it but long term what kind of life am i trying to produce like this is what i what i need to do and this is what i i want to do so so that's one thing is making making decisions in the moment having thought about what kind of life am i t- trying to create and this works in tense moments as well i feel like i've talked about this on a previous episode of the podcast but maybe not but even you think about how do you behave in conflict yes how do you behave in an argument with your spouse you know that's a real dangerous place to just be reacting in the moment. Right. But if you think about it what is kind of marriage, the one area we react, right? What kind of marriage, what kind of life am I trying to produce? It's huge. And then the second thing is this is just that I, uh, and i I preached about this at Bridgeway not long ago, uh, is I pay attention to what I pay attention to. I, I watch my influences. What is influencing me? What has access to my brain? What is, uh, what, and how do I react to different types of stimuli, whether it's a TV show or a podcast or even a, a, Person in a conversation, and and I have to watch my influences carefully, so that uh, so that I'm not becoming overly cynical, so that I'm not becoming overly comfortable with that which that which God would call profane, so that I'm not being influenced uh, by negative ideas, or I'm not being I'm not being influenced by those who express things that I agree with but are expressing them in a militant or unhelpful manner. So. Those are all things that I'm just very intentional about my influences. Now, people still might go down the hey, here are the podcasts I listen to, here are the shows I watch. And they might say like, well, hey, I, like, I, don't, I don't watch that show. I don't like that show or I don't like those ideas. And that's fine. They can, they can think that. But for me, it's, it's an intentional process of just kind of not letting life live me, but instead sort of trying to live my life with some, some purpose. Uh, how about you? What does that look like in your world?
1: Well, no, I, I, well, okay. So here's what it made me think of. It made me think of the fact that you live very intentionally,
0: that, right, that so anyway. wisdom
1: has to be intentional. So the first thing that came into my mind was there are people that are a bit more like you and I, which are analytical and intellectual and a little bit more um, logic-based. Yeah. But then there's emotional people, and they're like, you know what? I don't live, I don't do that. Yeah. I don't think through everything. I actually operate and I have a heart.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm
1: saying? <laughs> and, and what I want to be clear on this podcast is it's not that one is right and one is bad, yeah. because um, the heart part is part of wisdom. Mm-hmm. So, for example, where you and I would struggle is saying that true wisdom, God said, love me with all your hearts. Mind, soul, and strength. If we have categorized or compartmentalized out our emotion, our loves, and everything else, and just made rational decisions, mm-hmm. that's not wisdom. Wisdom Absolutely. takes it all into account. Yeah. And so I would just say out, like, for I was having a conversation with Susie, my wife, the other day, and she was talking about how she really operates in life emotionally. Mm-hmm. It, things go in movements for her mm-hmm. but she can be wise and i believe that she is a wise woman mm-hmm. but she operates through passions and drives and ups and downs and everything else she feels things very sure. intensely she processes through emotions um i think that one of the massive elements of wisdom is whoa 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 how did god create you mm. emotion is part of the game. It's how you were built. And so if you and I are constantly saying, well, this is best for the whole... And we're getting all Spock on everybody. <laughs> that is not going to bring about the life that God desires. Yeah. We are not going to allow. We're stuffing things. We're not processing things. That's not wisdom. So I don't want anyone to think that oh, because you got these two intellectual guys or analytical guys on the radio that that they're saying that their way is the right. I'm saying that wisdom is wisdom. We are going to be strong in some areas. Yeah. The other personality is going to be strong in some areas. Yeah, both of those.
0: And I would add, I, I, I view myself in this way. Maybe I'm ignorant or just naive. I don't know. But I actually view myself as being fairly in touch emotionally with, like, even what I just shared. Like, I guess it just sort of, as I reflect back on it, sounds a little overly rational and programmatic. But if anything, I think it's if it's just paying attention to my feelings. Like, how is all this? making me feel at any given moment. One thing that you said, it reminded me of something that that, uh, Asha Joseph said on, on our last episode, was she talked about the need to not fight with yourself. And and I really like that. Wow, that's I, I think she she said you know that ultimately if you're going to make change, if you're going to do things in your life that you're going to be proud of, you need to be able to not fight with yourself and to kind of understand who you are, to understand your strengths and weaknesses, and not feel like you're living your life in a way that just goes against how you were created, but rather you want to live your life in a way that uh, that honors God and glorifies God in just sort of the skill set and the gifting that He's created in you. Which, Leaning into your stream,
1: totally, yeah, which. No, I
0: which i think is really powerful
1: i think that um you know i I probably go off on this way too long so i don't (laughs) even want to go down this road but um i do agree very much to pay attention to design just Mm. god designed all of us differently for a reason and and i think leaning into our design and saying wow I was built for this. Mm-hmm. This is good in the eyes of God. What would be wise would be leaning into your design. You don't use a Ferrari to pull a boat. It's just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, please just use it for what it was built for. You know what I mean? And otherwise, there's all this tension. There's breakdown. There's difficulty. Sure. And
0: so I think that she's brilliant in what she said. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So here's a here's a here's a question for you. Then we're talk, I mean, we're talking about wisdom, the need for wisdom. We want to find wisdom. Uh, I've joked in the past that nobody is militantly anti wisdom, but I think it's fair to say that there's a lot in our culture that makes living wisely difficult. And and we talked about information and all that at the, at the top. But uh, what would you say are some factors culturally that make wisdom difficult, or make it difficult for you and I to be people that live consistently? Wisely.
1: Um, the pace of our culture ruins wisdom because it demands instant answer. And I, I, I believe that when the Bible says be slow to speak, right, quick to listen, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's calling you to wisdom. Yeah. That's actually what it's doing. Um, the fast pace of our culture of going, you better know, and you better know now, and you better have an answer right now. You better respond right now. You have a 30-second window. You need to go, go, go. I think that ruins wisdom. The other one, as I said, was the information overload. There's too many options out there that cause a little bit of paralysis of analysis, so we shove it all out the window. Um, I think the other thing that is not new, it has always been in culture, is that wise living deeply is best for you, but on the surface runs counterculture. And I think that culture calls out for don't think about consequence, do what you need to do, right now. Hmm. This this idea of a me-centered world ends up becoming very empty. And um, I think that wisdom is holistic viewed, that it's God-centered, in my opinion. So uh, those are only a couple of them. Were you thinking of any in your mind?
0: Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I've got, I've certainly got my own, my own list I could uh, refer to. As you were talking, I think it's you, you talked about how pace ruins wisdom and how it discourages reflection, and, and that is certainly true. Um, and I think largely because we have so much stimulus around us, we have lost yeah. the ability to reflect.
1: You know, know, there's no reflection. There is.
0: There's no reflection because there's always something new. And, you know, whether I forget what the what chemicals are involved, but, you know, dopamine or whatever it is that makes me feel good when I see something new and shiny that I haven't seen before. uh, Kind of the seeking after that is going to impede my ability um, to live with wisdom. And then also, I mean, I think to to your other point, uh, wisdom ultimately causes us or to be wise, we have to realize that what we want long term is different than what we want in a moment yes and we have to be able to adjust what we do in a moment kind of like I was referring to earlier to think about you know to think about long term uh, I think another thing that that challenges wisdom is it's very easy in this day and age to get into echo chambers where only you only have your your views reinforced it is just staggering to me the uh it is it is just incredible to me how In our day and age, we create echo chambers where we only hear from people who think the way that we do, and then we're just so offended by other ideas. That we just can't even deal with them, and I'll even I even I, I confess I'm sort of guilty of this. So I'll give you an example. So I'm I'm hanging out with with some college friends this weekend, and it's just uh, two of us initially. We're waiting for the other ones to to show up, and uh, one of my friends is very active in posting about social and political issues. He's not uh, tied to a party, but he just he talks a lot about social and political issues from a Christian perspective, and he's got this guy who his profile picture on Facebook's not even like him. It's just some other, some image. And like, this guy is like constantly like critical of the things that my friend posts. And um, the guy's arguments are not good. Let's put it that way. And, and I said to my buddy, I'm like, dude, why do you even like deal with this guy? Like, why not just just be done with them? Like, I don't know, like block him or just forget it. Like, he's just, he's trolling your page. Like, why are you doing that? And he said, well, you know, uh, I have a lot of Christians who, who follow me. And I want to show them that you can engage with these issues in a loving and winsome manner. I have a lot of Christians who I know who probably agree with this guy. And I want them to see, no, actually, like Christ calls us to think differently about these things. I have a lot of non-Christians who are going to engage with these issues, who all they know of Christians is what they hear in the news. And I want to show them something different. So uh, here was the really funny thing. I asked him, I was like, who is this guy? And he's like, honestly, I have no idea we know each other from something, but I, I don't know. And he just feels the need to comment on my stuff all the time. And and I thought that was a great example. And I so respected that my friend did that, that he said, you know, rather than just blocking out voices that disagree, rather than just, you know, turning this into some sort of slam fest where we're just going to be super negative and derogatory to one another. I want to engage publicly with people who think differently than me to try to show, wisdom in the face of difference and not just shut it down immediately. And I thought that was really powerful. And again, I think what too many of us do is we silo ourselves into areas where our views are never challenged. And then again, we just get completely offended when they are, which to me reflects some idolatry, first of all. And then second of all, I I think is a reflection of our inability to think through these sorts of issues wisely. And what do you think about that? Uh, Yeah, I
1: think, you know, we go back to the old analogy or illustration that there's an ivory tower and then you go, oh, that person's so out of touch. And we usually argue it about the rich, you know, when they say um, something ignorant about how all the rest of the world lives. Mm -hmm. And we all kind of turn our nose up at them like, oh, you're so out of touch. We're all so out of touch. (laughs) Quit trying to blame it on one other group, man. We're all in like what you said, these echo chambers where we... We have trained our worlds to feed us back Mm -hmm. what we want to hear. We have organized our friends based on reaffirmation. We have organized our search pages for reaffirmation. We have searched our news organizations (laughs) for reaffirmation. Um, And so for your friend to say that, I think that's brilliant. I thought he was going to go one step further and say, how am I going to get stronger without resistance? Right. We're Mm -hmm. thinking I'm even sharpening myself by listening to his attacks. Against me, you know, I mean, that these are things like, that is wise mm-hmm. what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as I was listening to you, I was going through just some, some Proverbs pieces, and we were talking earlier about how there's this continuum, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I just wanted to jump back for a moment and, and take a look at this yeah. real quick. So practical wisdom or life smarts would be like Proverbs 10.4. It says, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of diligent makes rich. Okay. Now you look and you go, okay. Th- I don't, I don't know how much that's a moral component. That was yeah. more of a life thing.
0: Or you hey. could find those ideas in a secular context, totally. or maybe another religion, or you know, you're not going to be like find a lot of philosophies that are like pro laziness. You know, absolutely. <laughs> so. Now
1: it starts getting um, blended yeah. when you jump to Proverbs six six. It says, mm-hmm. consider the ant. He is constantly working, and he's organized and everything else, and he stores up during this time. You know, it starts talking about the animals. That now moves slightly more into a moral component because it starts talking about solid work ethic. Hmm. I believe that's where it starts getting more righteous yeah. because I believe that God is work ethic-based. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Meaning that there there is a moral component to our work, you know, yes. that we do yes. in our lives, no, right? Qu- I mean, no we question. talk about the nobility of work and things sure. like that. So it starts getting grayer. But as you go further and further into the righteousness, I wanted to highlight this out, a very famous passage, Proverbs 3, uh, 5 through whatever, 7. Mm -hmm. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Okay, that's not practical life smarts that is we're slid all the way over into the righteousness category because Mm -hmm. it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Even if you look and you said, you know, it would be advantageous to go do that. And God (laughs) says, but I've asked you to do other. Yeah. It violates everything that seems wise at the time because you're going to a higher wisdom. Mm -hmm. The higher wisdom is obedience. And so you're actually following the greater one, the more wise one. And, and, and so I, I, you know, Kind of being practical about this, I think that it goes back to um, your two-part series in Realign, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of gray area that we live in, Thomas. and I think that it is good stewardship to live in proverbial wisdom of life smarts. I, I, I think that that honors God. I think that being as successful as God has asked us to be, I don't think that being unsuccessful is God glorifying. Right. (laughs) Right? I think taking care of ourselves, doing things wisely, being efficient, doing the best with what we have, I think all those things are glorifying to God. Mm -hmm. But I believe that there's also elements of the world where the voice of God has spoken in and saying, I need you to do something different. I know that normal I have you kind of going in the same stream. You're doing what's best for you and the mm-hmm. kingdom of God. I'm asking you right now, this is an all kingdom move. Yeah, You know, that is the Jonah, I need you to leave what you're doing. I need you to go somewhere to a people you hate. Yeah. That is where the Christian ethic shifts up to a whole nother degree. And I And what I was trying to call out for this year of wisdom and just for our listeners and everything, I'm saying we need... To be able to kick it into that realm on a day-to-day basis of going, God, if you want me to do something that is contrary to what is Mm self-beneficial, if you want me to do something that is contrary to the world's knowledge, and you want to take me into an obedience area, that is the greater wisdom. Obedience is the greater wisdom. It fulfills a deeper element of who we are. It it satisfies the greatest design element of who we are. So anyway, I these things are just percolating in my mind.
0: As you're saying that, it, it makes me think about just even I imagine you know what it, just living with an openness to God possibly wanting to t- disrupt our cultural norms. Yes, and and ultimately, I think that that is that's an awareness component. Uh, I talked in my messages about how uh, there is no way to God. God is God is everywhere. He's here. He's already here. And what's absent is our awareness of Him. And I think that that's profound and that's powerful. And I've seen the effects of that in my own life, as I'll just sort of realize I've gone through half a day and hardly thought about the Lord at all, or you know things like that. And and that's certainly something I'm trying to just lean into more. Is just being conscious of God's presence in the seemingly mundane moments of of, of life. But then with that also. Um, another thing I talked about in the series was that we're driven by our loves. Yes. that I, 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 I believe st- that
1: very strongly. Yeah. That, I that, that, talk about that, it a lot. That,
0: that ultimately are, we are going to be formed into the image of that, which we love the most. Amen. And, and in the end, if, if we're able to see the beauty of Jesus, if we're able to see him as the one most worthy of our affection, of our affection, that does clarify some things for us. That I think religion, that I think kind of begrudging obedience and submission never could. Because when we're saying, okay, Jesus, you are most beautiful to me. that make, I know that you are the one who loves me the most. I know that you have died for me, that you rose again. You've redeemed me. You've invited me into the family of God. Because of that, I know that I can trust you when it feels countercultural. I know that I can trust you as I seek to be a peacemaker when I just want to fight back. I know I can trust you to be generous when I don't really feel like being generous because I just want more stuff for me. I know that I can trust you to be honest in the face of slander and attacks and, and things of that nature. And and it, really, it has to start there. I mean, even to go back to the Proverbs text, in all your ways, acknowledge him. I talked about that passage in, in one of my sermons and and a guy came up and was taught, we were talking about that word acknowledge and how it means to know deeply. So to take the opportunity in all of your circumstances, God, how might this be an invitation to know you deeply that when we take that perspective, it clarifies some things and it allows us to then be driven by the wisdom that, that we referred to earlier. That's kind of righteous based wisdom.
1: Yeah. No, no, that's really, really, really good. Um, I I do want to add in one element to this, and that is um, there. Even though I said there's two categories of wisdom, we're going to lean into the deeper one, like mm-hmm. the, the the righteous one. Sure. I don't want to downgrade the other one. Let, no, let, not at let all, me yeah. let me let me lean into that for a second. Um, I'm going to tell you uh, uh, my story. I I only shared it at one service. Um, when I when I was preaching on wisdom, I only shared it actually at one service. I didn't at the rest because I simply ran out of time. Um, but when I was 13 years old, um, I remember reading in the Bible it talked about in Proverbs that you want wisdom more than anything. Hmm. And I began studying Proverbs over and over and over. I was studying all the wisdom literature, and I was praying aggressively for wisdom. Hmm. And I'm a 13-year-old, 12, 13-year-old. I got such a download of life awareness and truth that I became miserable, and I prayed for God to stop giving it to me. <laughs> um, there are there a couple prayers in my life where I felt like there was supernatural response to it, not just a healing or something like that, but in a life situation. Right. This was one of them. I prayed for him, and he did stop. He <laughs> shut off the flow and because I couldn't handle it. Huh. It was too much... How does the world really work? It was too much. Now, granted, it was in the exact same time period when you have these quantum leaps of human development, right? Mm. Around that age group, you have an awareness more and more of the world. So that's when a lot of things emerge. But I will just say this, that I was praying for wisdom because I do believe it is honoring God to live a practically wise life. Mm -hmm. I do believe it is honoring to God to be life smart. I think that a lot of Christians have lost the ability to speak into other people's lives because of stupid living. Uh, So let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Um, The world assumes that Christians are mature. Getting saved does not make you mature. (laughs) And so what happens is the world looks and they go, look at those idiots. They say that they're all that. And they're literally thinking we should be more mature because we're a Christian. We should have more life skills. We should be, and they don't call it that. They don't think of it that way. So for example, let me just say this. Um, A non-believer will go to a church and people uh, are rushing to get out of the parking lot. Mm -hmm. And they get irritated going, man, these guys can't even drive. Okay, (laughs) what does driving have to do with Jesus dying for your sins? Right. Nothing. You're assuming they are life mature that would say, don't rush through a parking lot. Mm Mm-hmm. But just getting saved doesn't make you automatically life smart. But the world doesn't see a distinction. They see it as both. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that when we as Christians develop life skills and it lowers the the obstacles to communicate with Christ. You're not having the world constantly disjointed by going, I don't understand you. You keep telling me that you love Jesus, but you live your life in such a gluttonous way. Mm-hmm. How can you tell me anything? And you go, what does that have to do with Jesus saving me? Because you're not associating the two. Yeah. We put up a lot of these blocks when we do not have good stewardship right. of our lives it ruins the gospel. And yeah. so, I, I I didn't want to make it sound like in one way that the that Christians only lean on the righteousness wisdom. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We need all of it. I was just saying I believe that there is a depth to obedience and righteousness that is not self-gratifying. Right. But practical wisdom is still a skill that we need. We yeah. need to handle our lives better. Yep. So much of the world is looking going, "Man, you don't take care of the world around you. Mm-hmm. You don't take care of this. You don't care about anybody else. You're so heavenly minded. You're no earthly good. You know, that kind of thing.
0: Right. And I
1: think that ruins our witness. Yeah. So anyway, I, I yeah. wanted to balance that out. What are yeah. your thoughts? No,
0: I think that's so true. I think I, I want to I speak to that from two different angles, um, both of which I'm very passionate about. Number one is is work is work. that I think that for, for many of us, we, we fail to see how our work is worship. Now, that doesn't mean we worship our work, but it means that our work is worship. So even to go into uh, a profession, r- regardless of what that profession is, whether you're a teacher or a contractor or a salesperson or, or a designer of some sort, whatever it is, to just ask the question what does it look like to honor God in this in this work, to do this work for the glory of God? I was listening to a great podcast on my flight home yesterday where somebody was talking about this very issue. Where someone came up and I'm not even going to say what it was, but this woman worked in a profession where she's like, "How do I glorify God in this? It just doesn't seem like something God would be into." And this guy was able to work with her and say, "Hey, here here's how, let's just think about, you know, what would God think of all of this?" And they were able to talk her through, "Here's how you can do your job to the glory of God." I think that for many of us, we think that, well, okay, the way that I glorify God at work is having uh, Christian signs up in my cubicle and playing Christian music. That's fine. I'm not saying that's bad. Like, go for it. But also the way you glorify God in your work is by doing great work and by being really good at what you do and being competent and being nice to people, <laughs> that that <clears throat> makes just as big, if not a bigger difference. So I think that's that's where you talk about life skills. So we talk about life skills and, um, and, and how the, the, the effectiveness in life skills increases your credibility to then share Christ. And then the other area, which, I mean, I talk about this a lot and people get mad at me for it, and it is what it is, is uh, fake news. The intellectual credibility. Why do I think Christians sharing fake news is a problem? Um, it's not just because it irritates me when people believe dumb things, though it does. <laughs> but when, when Christians are sharing fake news, and to be clear, crystal clear, the mainstream media is not fake news. That is a objectively false statement. When Christians are sharing fake news, what they are doing uh, is they are losing credibility with intelligent people. Yes, Because intelligent people can tell the difference between fake news and real news, that there is a fundamental difference between uh, the Wall Street Journal and Western journalism, for example, or Wall Street Journal and, you know, Breitbart or whatever the case may be. And what they do is when they see people sharing things that are fake, things that are extreme, they think, well, I certainly don't wanna be like that person. So then when you're kinda living in the fake news world and also posting about, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, you're like, mm, I don't know about that. They'll lump it all together. (laughs) Exactly, they do, they do lump it all together. So I think for, for Christians to be careful about the ideas they're exposing themselves to, careful about the ideas that they're sharing, and then sh- sharing themselves whether it's in person or online in a way that reflects life skills, wisdom, integrity. I think that's very important because a failure to do that, you know, hey, you want to share Jesus with me? Dude, you're lousy at your job. Man, I'm always having to cover for you. You know, you want to share Jesus with me? Well, you just shared another like video clip of some hateful weirdo like sharing things of dubious factual accuracy. <laughs> like, why am I supposed to believe you when you talk to me about Jesus? Like, I, I think we need to pay attention to that stuff. And frankly, I think in a lot of cases we just don't. And, and that's a real problem.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah, it was like you were reading my notes. I was writing down. <laughs> it, it is. Okay. So work as a witness talking about it, There's not just a loss of credibility, which even by itself, is enough. That should completely right. change us. Just right. the loss of credibility that someone says, I don't want anything from you. Mm. I don't want your Jesus from you. I don't want your help. I don't want anything because I don't respect you. Okay. So, not just a loss of cred- credibility, yep. but also when we are slack at work or have a terrible work ethic or whatever, it actually is a violation to some personalities in the world. They mm. see it that you're putting your stuff off on others that was what you were saying you go, I'm yep. always having to pick up your slack. Yep. That is an ethic violation. Mm-hmm. That is right and wrong to them. So, when a Christian says um uh oh, I just want to talk about Jesus and do my minimal at my work. To the world, you are doing wrong things. Mm-hmm. You are violating right and wrong. Yeah. And how can you speak for God when you are clearly Doing that which is wrong. Therefore, you must be bogus. I don't want to hear anything about your gospel. Yeah. So th- that violating other people's ethic, I don't think we get it because once again it gets into that heavenly minded thing. The whole world's gonna burn, so it doesn't matter whether or not I recycle. Well, there's there's a whole view of the world that says the way that you care for other things, the way that you have a disinterest in nature, the way that you harm your planet is a violation of right and wrong in my mind. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm going to agree that they do have a right to view that because I do think that is partially the heart of God. But here's my point. When you just say, well, that doesn't matter to me, you don't realize how much damage you're doing to that relationship by Mm -hmm. just saying, well, I don't care if I throw plastic out into the, you know? They're saying you're violating. So when we don't live wisely to consider, whoa, 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 just because it's not important to you right now doesn't mean it's not important. Yeah. There's going to be eras of your life where you're going to have new awakenings and understandings, and you're going to go, dang, I didn't think this was important for the last 20 years. Yeah. It's super important. Mm-hmm. Wisdom says, let's think there are things that are more important, and if it is passionate for someone else, they may have something that you need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the other thing that you, that you were saying was that work is an offering to God. Uh, so let's go back to being super christiany and being really churchy uh good work ethic is an offering to the lord it Amen. is and if you are offering a poor leftover offering to god that is simply not fit for a king mm-hmm. yeah and, anyway like that's
0: uh that's absolutely right and you begin to think of things in that uh in that manner and and it can really change our perspective on on work and i i think that um I love what you said about recognizing kind of the, the values and the ethics of, of others, that, that there are a hundred different ways that, that as Christ followers, we're, we're called to be countercultural. And, and man, I'll, I'll hold the flag on that all day long. Um, at the same time, there are a lot of different ways that we need to be able to understand what the ethics and values of those around us are. And to realize, you know what, To if I want to be able to share Jesus, I need to act in a way that is gaining credibility. So That's I need right. so I need to as a Christ follower, I need to have the self-awareness? Yes. To think about how am I how am I affecting the people around me? Am I am I playing by rules that they can respect? And now, if we're going to get into to dishonesty and mistreatment of people and cutting corners and doing everything to, you know, like we're not talking about things that would violate our ethical norms? Right. But but we are talking about okay, how can I live in a way that is Honorable and respectable around those who I interact with, so that so that they can see Jesus in me, and so that I have credibility uh, credibility to speak to them. Um, so we're beginning to kind of wrap things up here, and, and Lance, I want to kind of spring this question uh, spring this question on you, but sort of invite you to to dream a little bit, and I'm, I'm I'm just very interested in your answer. We're entering into this this year of wisdom. Let's fast forward to to December 2018. What do you hope to see God do in this year? If you say, okay, if we're really going to lean into this year of wisdom, who, who are we by December 2018, and how are we different for everything that we've gone through together?
1: No, I think it's a brilliant question. I, I think that the, the bottom line essence is awareness. Uh, I want eyes opened. Hmm. That's what I want. I want people living with their eyes open self-aware, culturally aware. Yeah. I want people putting the pieces together. I want people thinking through things and, and the way that it would look, um, practically is Bridgeway goes out in the week and, and, and disseminates into society and everywhere. There is a person with a heart that says, I'm going to wait and I'm going to listen through and hear what you say. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you respect. I'm going to give you honor and dignity and I'm going to come in with a heart of Jesus, and I'm going to get into conversations that just because of the respect and the way that I process, I'm going to draw people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because everyone's going to go, "Dang, you know what? I kind of probably came off a little bit weird with you, and you were so patient with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You were yeah. willing to listen to me. I really appreciate it. that. Was super cool. And I would, my dream is that we would be purveyors of wisdom. In every situation, in a conversation where everyone's going off about dumb stuff, you go, guys, hold on a second. It is possible that they're right. Now, I don't happen to think they're right, but do you understand that they do have an argument? Okay, where are those people? Right. Where are the balancers of conversation? Where are the, the wisdom makers? Right. Where are, This is what I dream for Bridgeway. So that by the end, not only do we know who God is, we know how the world works, but then we understand how are people engaging with it so mm-hmm. we can help them connect the dots. Remember, true leadership is taking people from where they're really at and moving them to where they need to be. Mm -hmm. We need to be good Christian leaders to understand cultural awareness, to know where people are really at that we might lead them to our Jesus.
0: Beautiful. Love it. Great stuff. All right. Well, we are uh, launched fully into the new year, 2018 year of wisdom here at Bridgeway. Thank you, Lance, for the time and the insights today. I always forget to thank our audio engineer, Lucian Hughes, and our video director, Brennan Stewart, for their fine work on the podcast. Great job, guys. Appreciate you very much. Thanks to all of you for listening. We hope that the uh, conversation was helpful and that this indeed might be a year of wisdom for you and that you can maybe take some of what you've learned today into conversations with others. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll see you next time on the Engaging Culture podcast. Thank you for listening to Engaging Culture, a podcast by Bridgeway Christian Church. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on
1: iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. Music is used under the Creative Commons license and is provided by Dexter Britton.